welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Excited to talk this week uh, about a new topic. And uh, it's one that we're going to carry on something from last week. Last week, we talked about briefings and back briefings. And one of the things we uh, stressed was that it's important when you're giving the briefing to talk about what kind of trade-offs that you want to make. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about one of those trade-offs, which is um, it's kind of, I think, it uh, seems strange, but saying that uh, if we if we want to learn faster, that we might mean, mean we want to be failing more often. Uh, you've got a, a great story about that. Can you uh, share it with us? Indeed. So uh, some years ago, I was, um, I think on your recommendation, reading a great book called Toyota Kata. We'll put a link in the uh, show notes. That's K-A-T-A. And it's all about how the Toyota production system works and how Toyota achieved, especially in the 80s and 90s, um, great quality and great efficiency by um, using particular methods um, to uh, alert themselves to problems and, and correct them. And um, one of the stories in the book is about a, uh, a manager who says, uh, now I'm, uh, I've noticed that the number of andon cord pulls, and andon cord is a Japanese term, it's a cord, it's a thing you can pull a string uh, at your workstation where you're putting on tires or um, handles or, or whatever it is you're, you're putting on the car gearboxes or whatever, and, and you pull it when something goes wrong, when you're out of tires and um, you can't put any more on, but the cars are still going past you. And you, you pull it to indicate that something is um, amiss and it alerts your managers and others who can help you and they'll come bring you some tires or whatever it is. And this person noticed that there were fewer of these. And this manager said, oh, this is interesting, I um, noticing this reduction. And uh, instead of celebrating, the pers the manager was unhappy. And that's the whole point of the story is that the manager says, well, look, we're either not reporting problems. People are, are running out of equipment or their equipment's um, slow or whatever whatever's going wrong, and they're not telling us, or uh, we're not going fast enough. We're not putting enough strain on the system so that we can learn how to go faster. And so the first thing we'll do is um, investigate whether people are, are alerting. And if they are, we'll speed up the conveyor belt. And I remember reading this story and thinking, uh, well, actually, that's very similar to the company where I'm CTO at the moment. And that was an e-commerce company uh, where we were um, the, the very nice situation that our uh, users were really committed to buying from us. We, we had uh, very good products at very low prices. And so they, they were um, forgiving when we had errors. And so this seemed like the and on light uh, and on cord example to me. And so I began keeping track of, at least in my head, I didn't really expose it to the team, although nowadays I probably would, um, how long it had been since we'd broken the site. And I had already <laughs> put in place uh, a very good uh, rollback mechanism. So the, the um, team had a, a very rapid way to recover from errors. And that was very important. We, we couldn't be down for hours and hours, then we would lose sales. But our customers, uh, if, if the site was down for 30 seconds, would just hit refresh. It's, oh, it must be my Wi-Fi. That just keep hitting the F5 button until the site came back up. And we knew that. And so I started tracking, uh, for myself at least, uh, how long it had been since we had broken the site. And, and if we weren't, then I'd encourage the team to, to speed up if that, if that number dropped. Just like the manager who said, uh, you know, we're not getting enough um, people running out of tires. We, we should speed up the conveyor belt. Right. And so this is a case where you were able to um, say, I'm, I, I care ab about us learning and being faster. 
And so you had in your mind this trade-off that you were making. And uh, it sounds like these days you'd be more explicit about the briefing. Uh, and I think you actually were pretty explicit, right? As far as uh, you, you, you were already made it clear to them um, that if it came between uh, um, going faster and, and being or being perfectly safe, I think you already told them what, what trade-off you wanted, right? Indeed, but I, I wasn't as explicit as I could have been about how I was tracking it. So uh, making the metric more visible probably would have been helpful, uh, I see now. But at the time, I, I just kept it myself, but I certainly gave the message, um, hey, folks, we should speed up. Don't worry about breaking the site. Um, you know, Try things. If you're not sure if it'll work, go ahead and push the release button. We can always roll back. Yeah, and I think that's and that very clear uh, direction to the team is really the, the heart of the briefing. You were, you were clear about what, what trade-offs you wanted. Similarly, that manager in Toyota, he was also very clear that, uh, you know, if you need to, to pull the cord, and which could ultimately even stop the line uh, on the production system to you know, identify problems, he was also very clear that we were staffed enough to be learning from this many incidents a month. So we should have those, that number of incidents. Please don't, don't be suppressing. Yeah, and don't either hide them or um, don't go slower so that we don't get them. Yep, uh, I I have a, had a similar um, discussion with my team recently. Actually, we're working on a new version of our uh, main product, and we are running the two systems in parallel. So you you can go to our um, old UI, and then you'll from there you can find a button to the new UI, and um, we're we're building that out, and people can can use both and move back and forth between them, and, and we're tracking to see. Uh, one of our success metrics is, you know, how often are people actually using the new site by by choice? Um, and the briefing I've given the team is is that, you know, in my view, anytime we can do a release that makes the new site better, then we should do that. And in particular, I'm I'm not worried about doing multiple releases on the same feature. So I'm happy to see something um, be developed in production in customer view uh, iteratively. So that something can be there very rough, and then we get better and and better over time. And uh, just actually about a week ago, we we had a case where uh, we did a release in the morning for a feature, and then a release again later in the day, fixing some styling issues. And uh, some of the people were were kind of sad about that. Oh, you know, we we felt bad about releasing um, some bad uh, styling uh, uh, for a few hours in production, uh, and I. I I told them I said well you know I I'm clear uh, that I'm okay with the fact that we do multiple releases and that this is happening in production rather than our test environment I I don't feel bad that because now someone who came in the morning could use the new feature and if you held it to fix the styling issue first they they wouldn't have had that option so um, I I appreciate that we're getting new functionality out sooner uh, rather than trying to uh, wait until we fix uh, all the issues. And there's this natural bias among developers, especially I've noticed, I'm sure it's true in other areas too, that I don't know as well. The, the natural tendency is to try to get it right. And, and right is in inverted commas, since there's some kind of um, definition of right somewhere, and you're trying to achieve that. And um, uh, the, the briefings that we each gave uh, in these two cases are breaking down that that bias saying actually um, we're, we're more interested in learning quickly and not in, in in being some abstract platonic form of right yes that's right this was a briefing it was not micromanagement i didn't say uh now the policy is that you will always release the new features before you do the styling <laughs> i was really rather saying here's the trade-off that i value 
and then allowing people to, to implement that. Absolutely. Now, now this is this is a, a trade-off that you and I were 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 making in the briefing we were giving. Um, but you've also told me about a story recently where you had briefings that was uh, a little bit less clear and, and maybe not getting the outcome that people were hoping for. In, indeed, it's an example of perverse incentives. Um, so uh, a very, very big contrast to this environment where is e-commerce and um, people making purchases and, and so on that uh, is very um, loose, right? So so accuracy was, was not a, a, a crucial to us. There's another environment I'm, I'm working in now with a client where accuracy really matters um, and there's uh, issues of safety and accuracy and, and so on really are front and center. There are regulators checking what they're doing and um, uh, very carefully trying to make sure they're safe. It's actually one of the, uh, a client where I'm discussing safety much more than I normally would. And that's a really interesting direction to go. We're not exactly building a nuclear plant, but you know, there, <laughs> there, are, there are consequences if we get it wrong. So clearly, first thing is um, nobody has given a briefing like the one I did at the e-commerce company. Right? No one has said, hey, let's try doing some stuff and it breaks. Don't worry, we can roll it back. That's not the, it's the opposite philosophy. Um, but interestingly, there's uh, a kind of implicit briefing, and, and there may even have been an explicit one before I showed up, that uh, says, well, one thing that we want to have is fewer errors. And you might think that that uh, briefing would be really helpful because we want to make fewer mistakes. Well, that would be safety, good. Yeah, safety's on the line here. Of course, we want fewer errors. Exactly, makes a lot of sense to to have a, a, a motive to make fewer errors. But uh, interestingly, the way it's communicated is um, we're going to look at the number of reported errors, and I'm underlining that word "reported." I'll explain why in a second. We're going to look at the number of reported errors, and uh, that will uh, be one of the components deciding what your bonus is at the end of the year. Ah, and the interesting consequence of that is when you look at the reported errors you introduce an additional variable. So you, you're actually saying the trade-off I'd like to make is to be um, safer, and I'd like to have uh, fewer errors. But the trade-off you're actually describing is I'd like to have fewer reported errors. Right. And the problem that you get is exactly what I heard somebody say, and it made me quite um, shaken to, to hear this, uh, was somebody said, well, we don't report all the errors because our bonuses are tied to how many errors are reported. So, you know, that that type of error, we don't report that. And I said, that's where a problem <laughs> lies. Yes. This, this briefing did not work. It did not have the intended consequence. And if uh, listeners who are in a less safety conscious environment might think of a, a case where, uh, for example, you might say, uh, well, your bonus is tied to your team's velocity. And of course, your um, the team determines its velocity by um, story points, estimation, whatever method you use. And uh, you can see exactly the same kind of problem happening, which, of course, I've seen. Right. Point inflation, uh, uh, yes. where, where suddenly uh, what was a two-point story becomes a four-point story and a six-point story. And hey, look, our velocity doubled. Isn't that great? Right. I'd like to collect my bonus. <laughs> and, and, and and by the way, this doesn't have to be conscious. This can be um, uh, very much insidious and, and, and non-conscious um, that uh, people don't have to say, oh, I'm going to game the system. Uh, they're just there's an there's an incentive, and you naturally get the behavior that is incented uh, by the trade-off that you're defining. So, defining the trade-off carefully and explicitly um, can, can avoid these um, perverse incentives. Right. This uh, this difference here in the concern about safety it it really reminds me of how a very different uh, set of trade-offs that you can see in the uh, airline safety policies, uh, the NTSB. Uh, have a uh, policy for pilots. They say, if you see anything 
that is a safety issue on a flight, um, then we want you to report it. And along with that, there's a very clear immunity policy, uh, which is if if you report an issue, then you're going to have uh, some immunity and protection from it. Mm-hmm. You won't be you won't be punished for reporting it, um, and and certainly no one will dock your bonus as a result of you um, doing this. In fact, the opposite is true. We want you to report the errors. That's that's right. And and actually, this uh, implementation of this policy, which I think goes back into the seventies. Um, as one of the factors that's identified for making uh, flights much more safe now than they used to be. Um, and so the case where the number of reported errors as that's gone up, uh, it's actually allowed them to make flying much safer um, because they understood that the, the link here between the uh, reported problems, uh, was having them reported allowed them to learn, and the more they learned, the safer they could, could make things. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a, a very interesting about how the, the um, briefings that, that people give and the trade-offs they, they make can make such a huge difference. And the overall idea that you can actually end up um, being faster by feeling more, but learning faster by feeling more. And whether that's in the case of uh, the sort of safety issues on the one hand, or even sort of uh, productivity and quality on the other, you, you and I have been worried about sort of speed to market or new head Toyota that was holding up their quality and productivity as a, as a high bar, you can, you can learn in all these different dimensions, um, actually, uh, from, uh, being clear what trade-offs you're making, uh, and, uh, and that, the errors can be part of your learning cycle. There we go. Excellent. Well, that was very interesting. Good stories. And um, looking forward to hearing stories from our listeners. If you've had a situation where you're trying to uh, learn learn faster, where you're failing a lot, where you uh, would like to figure out how to how to do the briefings better or you've had success with them, uh, sure would like to hear about that. You can get in touch with us at troubleshootingagile.com where you'll find email and Twitter and all the usual ways of, of finding us. Um, and uh, we also really like it, of course, when uh, listeners click the subscribe button in whatever application they're using to listen to us. We, we're here every Wednesday uh, with uh, further insights on uh, how you might troubleshoot your Agile team. So we, we'd like to talk to you every week if you'd like to hear from us. Okay. Talk to you next week, Jeffrey. Thanks. Thanks, girl.